Hey everyone, welcome back to Sprouting Minds. This week's guest is Ashley Freighter. Ashley is an anxiety coach based in the UK, but most of her clients are actually in the United States. Ashley and I talk about the different tools that she uses for her clients. We talk about imposter syndrome, the scary anxiety feelings, and so much more. As always, you can find links to Ashley's social media accounts, as well as her upcoming workshop in the show notes. I hope you guys enjoy this episode. I'm Ashley. Thank you. Lovely it's so to nice see to you have again. you. I know. I, I've really enjoyed our last like pre-interview baby chat. So I'm super excited to dive into the real nitty gritty chat. Yes. Um, for people who don't know who you are, you are a mindset coach and you have a focus in female founders, businesswomen, and female entrepreneurs, right? Yeah, so it's I'm going by more like anxiety coach at the moment. So <laughs> I say at the moment, but yeah, <laughs> anxiety coach. So I just want to keep it consistent now because usually I'm like, yeah, mindset, life, confidence, all yeah. of the things. But let's yeah. go with anxiety coach today. Let's just focus on that one. Yeah, but I, everything else is all good. Right. I love that because mindset can entail so many different things. And I feel like anxiety is a very... exactly specific you can understand the feelings and then you can work on everything and I feel like once you work on the anxiety that affects your mindset that all goes together so yeah yeah absolutely yes yes (laughs) and another thing people might not know is that you are UK based yes but the majority of your clients are from the United States yes yeah interesting (laughs) it's fascinating to me and I think that I'm I'm curious if you in your experience realize that like us in the United States might have a different um, approach to living and approach to work and therefore potentially here we have more anxiety than people in the UK I don't necessarily, I think, yes, definitely the way of life is so different, especially working life, like from definitely what I've gathered when it comes to if you work like corporate job and, you know, when it comes to like if it maternity leave or none. <laughs> and like, you know what I mean? You're working week hours are sometimes just absolutely crazy you know what I mean and but we still have that here but the general average is like 37 and a half 38 hours like that's a full-time average kind of work week for us but I do know you guys like could be you know 50 hours 40 60 is just depending on your industry Mm -hmm. so I think there's a lot more pressure for you to have to work in order to to live to survive you know what I mean everybody has that as a baseline but I think it just there's just a there's it seems to be less allowances or less um you know what do they call them the extra stuff like the entitlements I think that's the word that you guys have whereas over here you know your average maternity leave is like nine months to a year like that's just basic yeah, that's about what we have. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, and then I think it's just, you know, people take less if they want to, whatever else, but there's an allowance there. And you're always expected to kind of just take it if you, if, you know, if you have children or whatever else. 
and your holiday entitlement and stuff like that. So I think that things like that, the more entitlements you have, just as the basic, from especially from a corporate perspective, I think it's still stressful, but you still, you have more time and you're expected to have time off. And I think that's the difference at times. Whether you take it or not, again. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. It's a personal thing for sure. But I definitely feel like when it comes to stress, pressure, anxiety, you guys in the US, you definitely have to endure a lot more. And in some ways, I suppose you're a bit more resilient because you have to be able to endure more and still live a certain level of standard of life. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Have a family, have, you know, all those things, have a life partially. Whereas over here, I feel like the more entitled you are, the more like you find life to be harder. It's just, <laughs> yeah. If that makes sense, it's really yeah. interesting. <laughs> it's it's interesting because I have a lot of family in Israel, and the few times I I used to go there every year to visit my grandmother, and it was just such a different um, vibe, like. People yeah. obviously were working and they had their jobs. And as you're saying, they had, you know, several work hours. But even just walking around and seeing the way they live their life and they choose to take time to travel. Mm. And they cho- and granted, I mean, when you're in Israel, it's easy to travel places because things are not far away. Yeah. But like, we don't do that in the U.S. because we're so work oriented and we're so mm. focused on making that paycheck okay using that paycheck to pay all of our bills and paying rent and everything that I feel like we get potentially lost in the way of like enjoying the life that we have yeah yeah definitely I think that's quite a lot of countries I think as well because in the UK we're very and I think it maybe it's like the capitalism like I think that's a huge part to do with it in in regards to like work is first and then your life is afterwards like that's just the ethos that they push and that is how we're conditioned really especially if you've grown in that um particular environment you know what I mean it's different I feel like in different European countries they're very similar to like Israel where life is a bit more slower the pace is not as high and you know what I mean family health well-being is very high on their list and then work kind of just fits in type of thing (laughs) which is the ideal way it should be that's exactly how we should be living our life but you know here we are yeah 100% like it's it's so interesting though when you do compare the two yeah because or multiple different places to where you are it's like wow like the life is so different and therefore means their health is different mindsets are different anxiety levels are different like it all comes together and it makes a huge 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 difference to like even your lifespan like how long you live you know what I mean like how many children you have when you have your children because the more work orientated we are a lot of the times they're here they're seeing that one there's less babies being born and also people are waiting later to have children because you know they're career focused or they just can't afford it (laughs) right and and sometimes those go hand in hand where you're so focused on making that money that you're so career focused and then that doesn't necessarily align with your life plan of okay I wanted to have a baby at 31 I don't have enough money now I gotta go get a good career 
I can't take time off of that career to have yeah. that baby now. It's, yeah. it's, yeah, yeah, wow. Well, so I am curious, based in the UK, what mm-hmm. drove you to become an anxiety coach? So for me, anxiety is something that I've personally struggled with, still do. <laughs> like it's, I feel like every human being feels a level of anxiety. You know what I mean? Anxiety isn't always bad, but we obviously note and try to cure, should we call it, the bad anxiety. But for me, it's something that I've definitely struggled with and I still do. And it is something that gets in the way, especially when you decide to come out of corporate, come out of a nine to five and then start a business. And I think when I started my business back in, I think it was like, 2017 I started a events and wedding planning business because I have a background in corporate events and events management so when I first started it I was like oh okay let's try this out you know you realize as soon as you go outside of your comfort bubble of work and being in a established organization all of your stuff comes to the surface because you've got to put yourself out there, you've got to try and find, you know, clients, and then you have to have the confidence to be able to actually do the thing <laughs> that you're actually meant to do. <laughs> like, and I think that's where I'm like, realised, wow, there's a lot of things going on in my head that's stopping me from getting to the goal that I'm trying to get to, get that client or sign, you know what I mean? like make this amount of money or all the things so when I started to realize that you know I just constantly felt like I was getting in my own way and I couldn't get out of it it's a really horrible trapped feeling where you just feel stuck you're like I know what I need to do but there's something physically feeling like I was holding and pulling me back that's not allowing me to take steps forward so I started to investigate it And I came across the Life Coach School, that podcast. And this is before I found coaching. So I was like listening and learning about this particular tool called the model. And I was like, oh, this is amazing. Like, it's quite logical. It's like this, you know, the process driven, the way my brain works, it worked. And it made me pay attention to my thoughts because before it was just who I thought I was. Like, I was singing the the song for most of my life like I don't like change I hate change <laughs> I don't like change that's who I am and I really was sold on that identity and I remember like in uni and things like that I would just avoid it I would completely avoid anything that felt like change or I would take really long to make a decision because it felt really really uncomfortable and you just don't question yourself and you just think that's just who I am until I found the life coach school and then she's like like the host Brooke Casillo she told me <laughs> like I know her personally <laughs> well like it's your thoughts like your thoughts are to be questioned like don't believe everything you think and for the life of me I was like how did I never think of this <laughs> and then from that moment on my life entirely changed because I just dove into it I just was and then once you do one thing you see a lot of other things your awareness like bursts open and you then realize oh my gosh I need to change my whole life like I just need to be a new person (laughs) so 
So I felt like I really started to identify that I had a lot of limiting beliefs. I had a lot of beliefs that I was stuck in. I struggled with change. I felt huge amounts of resistance when it came to it. And I realized like, if I'm going to grow this business, if I'm going to make this, you know, something where it can eventually transition to being a full-time job, then I need to get over this. I need to figure out what is happening here, try and help myself. So I basically just went on this whole personal development journey from about 2017 until it's still now, it's constant. But I think the crux of it was around 2017 to probably like 2019. Because then by 2018, I was like, oh my gosh, I want to coach people. Because I'm like, I didn't even know what a coach was, but I was like, I feel like I've changed my life. Like I just dove headfirst into it. And I feel like with anxiety, it really does stop a lot of people. Because it just feels so painful. It feels like the first thing you want to do is run away from it. And it takes a lot of awareness and tolerance to be able to just observe and sit with an emotion, whatever you know, discomfort that you're feeling, usually in your body. And I realise that there's just so many people just don't know how to manage their anxiety. And I'm not talking about an anxiety disorder or to that severe level, because there's different, on a scale, there's different scales or levels of anxiety. Yeah. So when I'm talking about anxiety, just to be clear, it's not necessarily the one that's been diagnosed. If you've got an anxiety disorder, or you have panic disorder, you have depression, and those are clinically diagnosed conditions, right. then that's a very different ballgame because your biochemistry has changed. Like, it's not just a matter of, like, just thinking differently. Sometimes you definitely do need medication to be able to help, you know, bring certain things down, increase certain levels up to, in order for you to get a certain baseline. So I'm speaking of, you know, mild to moderate. Sometimes it's situational, circumstantial a lot of the time, or it could just be just life because life right now is hard. <laughs> hard. And more and more and more and more people are feeling more anxious, a lot more anxious, a lot more stressed, and they just don't know how to help themselves. So I feel like when I've been coaching my clients over the years, it's come up a lot. You know, they wouldn't necessarily say, I have anxiety, but they definitely are experiencing it. And it's getting in the way of them performing better within their business, as well as feeling confident in themselves as a business owner. Yeah. You know, in order for them to grow and that lack of confidence can stunt your business growth. So it's really all connected in all in, in many ways. Yeah. So I can attest to it firsthand, which is why I'm like, I really want to help others to at least have the tools to be able to help themselves. Yeah. And for in my personal experience, I I definitely had anxiety for a very long time, but mm. I didn't want to admit it mm. because it's a very scary feeling to say, oh, yeah, you have anxiety and this is all that it entails and everything. However, and once I did, I feel like things got not easier, but it was a little bit um, 
more simplistic in this is what's causing your anxiety. This Mm. is the trigger. This is what's happening. This is certain ways that you can work through it. Like it became a little bit more approachable once I was able to label this is anxiety and not just like you're having all these feelings and what are you doing and just sit there and like wallow because you can't move. And then once I was able to say, okay, you have anxiety, here's what's causing it. Mm. Now, how do we move forward? How do we work with it? And understanding that also once you work with it, it's not just disappearing, right? Like you might have days where you're not feeling anxious, but it does come up in different ways and different triggers affected and, you know, different things like that. So I'm curious in your work, like once the people who aren't saying that they have anxiety, once they get to the point of understanding that they do, does yeah. that in any way affect their ability to take, you know, the tools that you're giving them a little bit easier? Yeah, because ultimately, it's that like your mind is quite, <laughs> it's complex, but it's simple at the same time. Yeah. Most people operate in the same way, like human behavior. Like you have a thought, your thought creates an act, uh, a feeling, you take an action from that and you create a result. Like that's really the process of a thought in itself. When it comes to anxiety, you're just coming in on the feeling. So you're just now labeling, I'm feeling anxious about X, Y, Z, right? And then when I feel anxious, I do this. And in order for me to When I'm feeling anxious, I'm thinking this. Like, it's very process-driven. So once they know and label the emotion, it then allows them, like you, to then have more power and control over what you choose to do next. So it's not necessary, because again, I'm not diagnosing anyone with anxiety. I'm just letting you know, this is what you're currently experiencing. And this is what it looks like to you because it looks different to everybody. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it looks very different to someone when they're just turning on a camera and they're like having to go and, you know, do a video and put it on social media, for example. They're going to feel a level of anxiety because one, they've not done it before. Like there's a million, million, million reasons, right? Versus someone else that, you know, maybe has to write a pitch to someone Mm -hmm. and then they're like you know they feel anxious about that because of xyz but the reasonings behind it are going to be very very different but the tool to help them identify where they're at how they're feeling what's triggered this what actions to take and then the result of that action is all the same the tools are exactly the same so again it's like it's not that you're I am anxious if I'm experiencing anxiety. Yeah. I like I like the way that you're you're phrasing that. And in your work helping all these female founders and entrepreneurs and businesswomen, like those are some big, big jobs. And I, you know, as an entrepreneur myself, I've experienced, you know, anxiety within different parts of this job. Yeah. And for example, like right before we met online. I had the excited anxiety because I was excited to chat with you. Yeah. But every day I have a little anxiety about like, I need to make Sprouting Minds as a whole work. Yeah. And so how do you necessarily take, um, like all these women have big, big roles. Mm. How do you break it down so that things are a little bit easier to approach and not as overwhelming? 
I think, firstly, a goal naturally, there's something you've not done before, you're going to feel a bit <laughs> nervous about it. You're a bit anxious about it. You want it to do well. You're worried about what the end result is going to be, etc. So I feel like, firstly, you've got to go there. like Because with anxiety, the more quiet you are, the more power it has over you. Yeah. And also, the other thing that I do find is that, and I we're using anxiety quite generically, but anxiety, a lot of the time you may feel a different emotion. So, for example, you might feel nervous, but we think, oh, yeah, we have to feel anxious. But anxiety and nervousness are actually different. You know what I mean? So you feel nervous first, and then you feel anxiety in your body, because average anxiety lives in the body. And that's what makes us feel like, mm, my heart, you know, racing, I'm sweating, like all of the physiological things that come up. That's what signifies to us like, oh my gosh, I'm feeling anxious or, you know what I mean? But really, anxiety is a secondary emotion. It first happens in your head and then it drops into your body at times. So I think when you are thinking about a goal, of course, it's going to be big. And I think that's fine. And I think that it's not a problem if you feel a little bit, you know, apprehensive about it or whatever. But then it's just breaking it down and we kind of go back to then the beginning of like, well, what are your values? Because your values drive every decision you make, every action you take that feels aligned. Because you could take actions that are maybe not aligned. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got to figure out like, what's your goal? And therefore, what are those values there? And what are your core values? And then when you break it down, like you would any goal of like, you know, what you would do, depending if it's a year's goal, you do it every quarter. Or, you know, if it's a month's goal, what you do every week. So you're breaking it down so it's more, you know, manageable, it's tangible, it's more bite-sized to make it more approachable many ways. And then from then, you look at your values again, like what's what value do I need to exercise that's going to create the result, but it's also going to be aligned with how I want to show up, how I want to deliver this thing. So I feel like it's always down to your emotion especially the work that I do is always down to the emotions and we tap into what that emotion is and what emotion you need to feel in order for you to feel and for you to take the action to create the result that you actually want. So if your goal is to like, you know, make $50,000 in the next three months, what emotion does that generate? Do you know what I mean? Like, does it generate pride does it generate excitement does it generate stress to be honest like it's like for some people (laughs) what does it generate and if it's a good generating of of an emotion then if it is pride then you got to think about from today until you get there how can you make yourself proud every single time you take an action because you're going to therefore take the actions to get to your goal but you're going to feel your way there the entire time so you're feeling the emotion of pride from the very beginning and not just saving it until you get there I love that (laughs) (laughs) seems so simple but I love that (laughs) so I I'm curious also then at what point do people come to you right so okay you have all these different women that are doing all these different jobs what point do you think that they should be saying okay I need to find an anxiety coach Mm-hmm. who's going to help me throughout this process yeah. and maybe even after too because not you know just because you achieve 
whatever goal you're setting out to doesn't mean that you're not going to experience anxiety after. Yeah. Yeah. So averagely, people come to me when they're not productive. And when they are... <laughs> That's usually the trigger. The, mm-hmm. the lack of productivity is usually like, I don't know what's happening. Because when you're not productive and you, you know, you give yourself a day or a week or even a month, but if you really average it out, how frequently are you feeling the feeling of um, being, feeling unproductive? I'm not productive today or I feel like I haven't achieved anything. So that's when they come to me to be like, I know I'm doing a lot, but I don't feel productive. (laughs) Like what is happening? And in between that time, they might then start to notice I'm feeling a little bit more, you know, apprehensive and I feel a little bit more stressed or even anxious. Like I'm waking up, I'm not going to bed, I can't sleep properly. There's certain like symptoms and behaviours that will kind of trigger to them to be like, I need to pay attention to this. I don't know where it's coming from. I don't know like how to change this. But my big thing is that I'm not productive and especially if you've got business, you know, they may not be performing to their clients, to their best of their ability. They know that they can, they can be doing more, but not from a, like, put yourself under a lot of pressure, but just know they're just almost coasting. Like, they're just doing just enough. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you just doing yourself and you're like, I could be doing more. I could, yeah. I really could have a better quality of my work. But for some reason, like, you don't have the energy. That's another thing. Like, there's a lack of energy and, like, mental fatigue. They feel quite drained a lot of the time. And it's like, even if you do sleep, if you can sleep properly, you don't feel any different. So they're kind of like quite a lot of the common symptoms that kind of come up. But averagely, it's around them feeling not productive, like mm-hmm. averagely. And then, then they want to investigate, okay, why? And a lot of the time it's because of stress. You know what I mean? Stress that turns into anxiety a lot of the time. Yeah. And it, and it makes sense, I think, when you are trying to do your own thing and you're trying to run your own business and there's a lot of things that come up and sometimes it can be overwhelming and you're like, okay, mm-hmm. I'm going to pause, I'm going to take a break. And then because sometimes that break starts to feel really good because you've taken a step back, you're like, mm-hmm. okay, I'm going to take another day for a break. But then you get into this vicious cycle of, this break feels better than doing the scary thing of work. <laughs> so I'm going to continue taking my break. And then you're like, oh, crap, what what have I gotten myself into? <laughs> yeah, that's it's it's really hard. And I think that for me, at least, along with anxiety comes the imposter syndrome. Mm, yeah. Do you have a lot of clients that are experiencing imposter syndrome and it's not just me? Yeah, no, of course, 100%. <laughs> A lot of the time. So, like, when it comes to anxiety, I feel like it's low confidence, imposter syndrome, anxiety. It all is very heavily connected, for sure. Like, and it doesn't matter what stage of business that people are in. It's also what I'm realising is that it still comes up, regardless if you're at the beginning, if you're established for, like, five years or whatever, there's always gonna there's always times where it really does just trigger and you just can't get out of it. Cause you can't see anything more than like you can't see the wood within the trees, like that kind of saying. Like that's genuinely how yeah. it definitely comes up for most people. 
so I, I'm curious about the imposter syndrome because I've had sprouting minds for three years now and mm-hmm. I've loved every minute of it. Mostly, obviously there are ups and downs and struggles and, you know, I've experienced anxiety at different times during it. And I finally realized like, I'm ready to do the next thing, which is similar to what you did, right? You worked on yourself, mm-hmm. started something, and now you wanted to help other people. So you started this whole new thing. Yeah. So I wanted to start a production company for mm-hmm. podcasting. And I've been working on it for the past like month or so. And the past few weeks when I've been getting so much work done mm-hmm. and being so productive is when I'm like, what are you doing, Andy? Like, you think you can do this? Who, who are you? Like compared to all these other podcast production companies and everything. And I went for a bike ride yesterday and I was like, just breathe. Like, mm. why are you telling yourself you can't do it when it's exactly what you've been doing you're just gonna do it for other people now like yeah and I think that's the part where it's like yeah now you're responsible for other people what makes you think you can handle this Mm. and so similar to like as you said it can happen the imposter syndrome can come in different waves different times no matter where you are and no matter how successful you've been Mm. yeah absolutely I think it's just doing anything new it's a comfort zone thing you know what I mean like you (laughs) are comfortable doing it for yourself but then the thought of doing it for other people naturally creates a level of uncertainty like you, you you're uncertain about that but really and the thing is your brain works that way as well because the other thing is when it comes to like any type of you know mental health like you just have to think from a perspective of your brain's natural way of operating and really you doing you know podcasting and helping others to do it of course your brain's gonna be like absolutely not (laughs) why would you do that that's dangerous (laughs) why would you do that yeah it's a huge danger zone there's like so much uncertainty there you could fail you could be embarrassed like all of these things so your brain's naturally gonna flood you with like really it's a cortisol it's stress hormone to be like stop pay attention don't do it but then we have to keep overriding our brain because we know that it's fine you know what I mean and that's where you have to collect evidence for things that you've done like you said you've been doing this for how three years that's amazing evidence for you to take on to be like well if I can do it for myself then I can absolutely do it for others you know what I mean so you've got to give yourself the evidence and your brain to be like, okay, I know you're going to give me that, but I'm going to override it with this. Mm-hmm. And then if it's factual, because it's not just, because the thing is, a lot of the time we get caught up in stories and it's just very subjective. Like someone can disagree with you. And I would just like to think of it as what are the circumstances that's based on what well, you've got, you know, your podcast for the last three years. That's very circumstantial. Like it's very factual. We could go on to, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and it's there. Like, your brain cannot argue with what it can see. (laughs) And that's how I like to think of it. And I feel like you've got to just put it right back down to the basics. Like, what is fact? And basically, what is fiction? What is a story? And that helps with imposter syndrome so much. Because imposter syndrome is just a lot of emotion. And emotion is subjective. And it's very, very fickle. Like, one minute you feel like this. The next minute you feel like that, it's not even consistent. (laughs) No. 
No. It's fleeting constantly. Yes. So let's just keep it at the baseline of like, well, what's the fact? Because that doesn't change. That that keeps this very, very grounded. It's quite foundational. It's solid and it's tangible. Whereas emotions flip-flop all the time. And until you kind of recognize your patterning, some people make really rash decisions at the height of their emotions. And then once they come down, they're like, oh, no, <laughs> like, maybe I should have said that. Maybe I shouldn't have done that. But if you know that your emotion's right, you wait for it to get back down, but you have to be able to tolerate that high and that urge to want to do something at the high. And that's the part that most people struggle with. I loved everything that you just said. (laughs) Everyone sign up. This, I mean, the fact part is so, so simple. And again, just like, yeah, nothing, you can't dispute it. If it's clearly here, and I'm mm. not making up stories in my head. Mm. This is what's happening. You can't argue with that brain. Like, this is the truth of the matter. I love that. I love yeah. that. And so yeah. for, for me, I've found that, like, some form of exercise or fresh air has really helped me, like, stay grounded mm-hmm. and and really just try to get through whatever I'm working through. Is there, like, one specific tool that you have that you give most of your clients to like help them obviously things are way more you have to like talk to them and like work with them yeah. but is there one tool that's like go outside for 10 minutes a day or or just sit for 10 minutes like is there some simple mm-hmm. little tool that you have I always tell every client to journal like journaling just comes part and parcel like if you're going to start working on yourself you've got to write down your thoughts like you just got to know what your thoughts are because then, one, I can help you once I know more regularly what is your pattern. But you only know your pattern if you write it down or you document it in some way. Sometimes you don't have to write it because journaling comes in different forms. You can speak. You can, you know, journal through art, doodling, all these different types of journaling. Writing is best because you actually see the words that you're using or thinking. And then it helps someone else to help you too because then... They can notice that you're using the word, I don't know, um, sad quite a lot, you know? So it's like, oh, okay, so on Tuesday you use the word sad and then on Thursday you use the word sad and then on Saturday you use the word sad. So what's going on here? Then you're able to question it, you know what I mean? And then you can see like, oh, I didn't realise that because a lot of the time you don't in yourself because yeah. you, you just think in your thoughts and so you just think, yeah, that's what it is. You don't think to look back on them to be like, oh, what are the patterns here? Because then you're going to have thoughts about it. You're going to judge yourself. It's just going to, you know, (laughs) make the situation worse. So journaling is absolutely the first tool that I always say to every client. Like, I'll give you some questions. I'll give them prompts because also journaling can feel a bit intimidating. Yeah. Because it's like a blank piece of paper type of thing, right? Like you don't know what to write. You don't know the structure, whatever. My thing is just get it out on paper. That's what I just say. Set a timer, write down everything. And that's it. Don't even look at it again. Just And then move on with your day. Because just so you start to practice the habit of it, more importantly. Then together we can start looking at it to see, you know, what other questions we can use. Maybe something in the session that's come up and for you to journal a little bit more on the questions. So journaling is 100% the number one tool that I tell every single client to all people that are not even my clients just to start journaling. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because it's it's so useful 
And then I think secondly, definitely is like rest. So taking rest is really important. And that could be going for a walk like you or going to the gym or despite the fact that it sounds like going to the gym is not restful, but it really is for your brain because you're switched off, off of problem solving or over worrying, you know, all of the things. And you're there focused on one thing, which is usually your health, whatever that may be. So I feel like, yeah, journaling first as a tool and then some kind of rest taking, you know, pauses and it could be a 30 minute pause it could be a 10 minute pause it could be a two minute pause but it's just making sure that you are creating that time for yourself is really really important yeah and I like that you um specified that the rest is for your brain not like necessarily a physical rest but Mm. the brain itself needs that time to decompress and just like you know depending on what you're doing it could be so overwhelming just for your brain that the rest for that brain is yeah. really important and I, I think that's something to really take into account and the journaling too I I've tried and tried and tried and I, I gotta try again <laughs> I know everyone says to do it it's I know how good it can be <laughs> yeah I that's the thing with journaling I get a lot of resistance like don't get me yeah. wrong I tell my clients journal <laughs> and they tell me okay how I said just write down your thoughts like you know just put it down don't have to be dear diary it could just be words. You could just literally go out to general sentences. Sometimes it's bullet points. It could just be one word per bullet point. You can do listing. There's so many different types of journaling and it depends on the person and what feels comfortable. But you have to try it first to see what works for you and what doesn't. And sometimes the things that does work for you in regards to the way you're journaling, in a month's time, they may not work. And then you have to then, you know, naturally just change that. But yeah, journaling in any shape, form, style, format, <laughs> I thoroughly encourage. <laughs> good to know, good to know. And so tell my, tell me and the listeners how we can uh, sign up for, for your guidance and support if, uh, if we need it. Yeah. So I have a free resource and that is hundred it's actually more than a hundred but I've done it as a hundred ways to reduce anxiety in under 30 minutes and it has like tons of different options different styles different moods and literally everything you can think of for you to be able and anytime you feel like oh gosh I've been a little bit stressed even if you're nervous or bored bored is another one boredom is another mm. one that can trigger a lot of anxiety Huh, that makes sense. It can trigger a lot and it's very draining. So yeah. like this will help as well. You can just take one thing and practice it for, you know, a week or even a day. And it just helps you feel like you are in more control and you're able to help yourself. It's all about anxiety is, is something we all experience, but we are all equipped to help ourselves. It's not just a professional or a mental health um, professional or a coach or a therapist or a counsellor. It's not only those people that can help you. You can help you because you know yourself better than anybody else. No, any practitioner doesn't know you as much as you know yourself. So this is just one tool to be able to help you just generate a bit of ideas of like, let's try it, give it a go. So that's like the free way to be able to help yourself and to work with me and then once you're on my list I'm sending out 
you know, different guys, different resources and things like that to be able to help you. But if you, you know, naturally want to be like, okay, let's just grab a call and just see, you know, you're not feeling productive at the moment. You just want to just investigate like what is actually happening. Then literally I'll link my show, my, my call with you. I'll send it over to you. So you have the link and then just be able to book a free call and we can have a chat, which is the easiest way. I love it. And, and for the listeners, I mean, I've been following you on LinkedIn since um, we connected, which was only like two, three weeks ago, maybe. Yeah. Um, And I've been loving everything that you post because it's just so thought um, thought provoking Mm -hmm. and very much like part of the reflecting and understanding who you are as humans. And so if you're, if you're still unsure, Ashley's worth it or not, which I think (laughs) she is. Uh, you can go look at her LinkedIn post and I think you'll understand that you should sign up if you need it because <laughs> it's it's anxiety is, can be so overwhelming and daunting and really can hold you back and if you're in the field of trying to build something you need someone that's gonna help you guide you and you sound like that kind of person and I've had a blast talking with you today and during our little pre-interview which <laughs> only lasted I think 20 minutes but I could have talked to you <laughs> way longer <laughs> so Ashley thank you so much for coming on this was amazing and I'll definitely put all of your information in the show notes for people and is there anything we didn't touch on that you wanted to to talk about or anything no I think we covered it all um thank you for inviting me on it's been lovely 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 having a chat with you and just learning a lot more about, you know, what's going on with you as well, because you shared quite a lot of vulnerable, open things. So thank you again for sharing that and inviting me on. It's been lovely. Thank you. Well, great. And you're you're five hours ahead. So it's it's the afternoon for you. So I hope it you is. have a great rest of your day. Oh, and I saw um on LinkedIn for the listeners that October 13th, one my to two. Workshop? Yes. Oh, my, the 10th. October the 10th yeah October the 10th I was close October (laughs) the 10th you have a workshop um from 1 to 2 your time which is like 8 a.m New York time um something like that um (laughs) what what does that entail can anyone sign up yeah of course so the workshop is called anxiety first aid kit so it's primarily aimed at founders freelancers self-employed you know entrepreneurs and it's basically enabling you to be able to help yourself first if you feel stressed if you feel anxious what you can do and what resources you have literally at your fingertips to be able to help you move through that and for you to therefore you know perform and be more productive within your business but also it's just to help you personally so you know if you are feeling anxious recognizing it what to do next and then how to really help yourself so yeah definitely sign up I'll give you the link as well. (laughs) I'll be there and I hope other people join too. Um, Awesome. I will put that link in the show notes as well. Amazing. Thank you so much, Ashley. I had a blast talking with you. I hope you have an amazing day. Thank you. Thank you so much. No problem. We'll keep in touch. (laughs) All right. Take care. Thank you. You too. Bye. Bye.